electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC, Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Cramer. We're live from Post 9 at the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. We get started with another week of trading. Half hour from now, you can see, I guess I call that an up open, right? I never know what to do with these things, Jim. Well, that's why I'm here. Yeah, that's well, you're here for a lot of exactly. reasons. Well, a lot of reasons. All right. In, including the fact that it's my job. Yes, including the fact that you get paid to do it. Let's get to our roadmap this morning. It does start with what's going to be a key week for stocks, aren't they all? The Nasdaq notching its longest win streak since 2019. The S&P has seen four weeks of gains, and investors are hoping... You didn't mention the Nasdaq? I did. That's what I started with. You missed it. I just said the Nasdaq. What are you, editing the roadmap? Investors are hoping, Jim, for a Fed skip or pause, as you know. Right. Plus, J.P. Morgan settles. It closes a chapter in that Epstein class action lawsuit. We'll go to Eamon Jabbers for that news. And guess why Meta's CEO Mark Zuckerberg has some praise for Elon Musk? Well, as you might imagine, it's all about efficiency. Maybe give me a chance to use some of that I was hoping interview because yeah. you never get enough of that interview. No. It was only May 16th. It's not that long ago. Uh, all right. Let's start with the markets uh, this morning. We are set up for an important week. Of course, we hear from the Fed and go on from there. CPI, right. there's a lot. Uh, what are you focused on and what are your okay. thoughts after there's these last few very strong weeks? Magnificent seven again. I mean, these are the NASDAQ company. People keep hoping this rally is going to broaden, except for Michael Wilson, obviously. He's Who's, who's negative? The he's strategist fighting, Morgan Stanley, yeah, who's quite he's still bearish. Yep. But, David, what I don't like about this market is that, once again, AI, I mean, no, I'm not saying enough, because, you know, Jensen, NVIDIA. But, David, AMD, big analyst meeting come out. They may have, you know, there's some chips for server, but it's really supposed to be hidden AI. Uh, we've got Oracle tonight. Now, I, you know, I think Software Cats is just amazing. Mm-hmm. But the stock's up for on analysts recommending it today that are supporting. Why? AI. Salesforce, new products announced today. Why? AI. Now, there is a. Do you see a theme? <laughs> is it, do you take it as a, as a negative because it's reflective of a certain amount of froth in the marketplace, given obviously we don't yes. know what the ultimate. Yeah, I don't want impact to impact on I don't, revenues and earnings for many of these companies of AI will be. Well, I don't want to be in the Mr. Wilson camp, but yes, I think it is because we need one of the things that they need with AI, and this is truly important, and it's been left out of the whole equation. Mm-hmm. Customers. Well, aren't there going to be a lot of customers? Yeah, well, you, you're a customer because you think the other guy might be a customer, right? And you have to use the consultancies, which is Google. You know, you got to go to Oracle, Microsoft. So you hire them like you would have hired EY or Accenture in the old days. And you say, look, please help us, please. 
Adobe. There's a recommendation of Adobe as if Adobe hasn't run enough. I, I feel like a lot of these analysts are just catching up. Um, so I, mean, I said know, that this morning yeah, to my team. I mean, it, and, you know, we'll follow some of them. But listen, there are moments when analysts are worth listening to. And then it's sort of like, all right, great. And you're you're upgrading worthless. Oracle now. I mean, I know. The most exciting piece was the Goldman, we got oil wrong, and we're going to continue to get it wrong until we get it right, which I thought was a novel way to be able to do research. It is. We're wrong, but believe me, we stick with it long enough. One day we're going to be right. right. Yeah, one day we'll be right. David, we're at that moment where we haven't had any real earnings. Now, Oracle will be good. You know, I think Oracle will be good. You think Oracle will be. Yeah, but it's up four. Right. I mean, that's a jinx on Safra. It's a jinx. She's superstitious. How important is a call on something like Oracle or not necessarily Very, because that? what, well, I mean, for Larry Ellison will, at one point, eviscerate everyone. Does I he mean, get on the conference call, Ellison? He always has, like, there's, like, a Q&A and suddenly he pipes up. Okay. And usually it just says, it's kind of like, um, when he pipes up, it reminds me of, you know, he's like Batman. <laughs> he's like Batman. He comes, the original Batman. I mean, it just says. The original? Stuff. Yeah. There's like one coming out with seven. You mean the Michael think, Keaton? What? Yeah, Michael Keaton. Or, or, no, or, the Bru- or, nice or do we go way back to no. uh, Adam West? It could be Adam West. <laughs> could be Adam West. But I think he's like a Batman figure. We haven't even mentioned Warner Brothers Discovery. Today. Do we have to? No, it's not. Can we just, not? Can we not? Can we try and stay on online I, here I, and not David, veer off? David, I can talk about Petrobras. If you I don't want to veer off into either DC Comics or the Marvel Cinematic right, then Universe. Let's, then let's, let's, let's stick let's with the AI about, universe. Let's talk about what Matt Boss did today. And Wait, Matt Boss, why are you moving on from our conversation here that I was enjoying about Oracle, about AMD, about back. so many of these companies uh, that uh, you're a little concerned well, the AI is getting a little take, uh, carried well, uh, away no, in no, terms let's of the go, marketplace? Uh, no, let's go. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, um, you, you don't right, need to go so through the want, whole list right uh, away. Okay. Okay. So here's. We got a whole show. All right, all right. So here's something really interesting. A lot of people want to talk about Amazon Web Services yes. and how the business is decelerating, but then it'll inflect. I think all of the talk about Amazon today is about the value of Prime. Prime and apparel. Prime and footwear. Prime and the value of the Prime Plus, so to speak, uh, entertainment complex. David, this is an incredible moment where they're trying so hard to talk about efficiency. And you know who's the king of efficiency? Mark Zuckerberg is the king of efficiency. Do we have a, like a quote on that? Can we just go, go there? Would you like to go there? I yeah, think, I do, I because think it's we, part of the Magnificent can, Seven. I think we can share some of what uh, Zuckerberg had to say. Uh, actually, I'm not sure we can. <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't have it yet. Okay, well, the reason we I wanted to go there is because I'm trying to... He's talking about Elon Musk being a person that he respects. And yes. I thought that if we went over the Elon Musk archive of your interview... Yes. Where does he talk about the level of efficiency that Zuckerberg talks about? Well, he does. Uh, we actually had a specific back and forth, Elon and I, about whether the firings that took place at Twitter gave cover to other CEOs to pursue their own well, plans of efficiency. Then, then Zuckerberg watches Because where when I'm you going. fire 75 percent of the staff, it gets people's attention. I actually think we well, do have that back and no, forth with what Musk. What I'm saying is Zuckerberg watched, watched the interview and then he took action. Said, Say that he again. watched your interview yes. and then commented on it. No, but I think that Zuckerberg may have actually talked to Musk. Take a listen. Have you heard from any of these CEOs who said thank you for doing that, giving us sort of <laughs> runway or leeway to at least make some cuts of our own? Um, I, I have, I've heard that from a few people, and, and I've heard that through the grapevine, yeah. Um, but um, 
like I said, if, if desperate times call for desperate measures, right. and unfortunately those were desperate times. That was Elon, of course, talking about the, the cuts he had to make at Twitter, given the very precarious financial position the company right. was and, in. And but I'd ask that question, Jim, right? because I was hearing it a number of times, which was there are CEOs who quietly have been saying to Musk, you know what, you, you, you helped by doing that. You gave me cover to fire a lot fewer people, but nonetheless take on sort of some of this entrenched bureaucracy, so to speak. I think we do have uh, Zuckerberg now. Take a listen. His actions um, led me and I think a lot of other folks in the industry to think about, hey, are we are we kind of doing this as much as we should? Like, can we is it, like could we make our companies better by pushing on some of these same principles? My sense is that there were a lot of other people who thought that those were good changes, but who may have been a little shy about doing them. There you go. Musk leading yet again. Uh, and, and Zuckerberg actually sort of saying that was one of the key reasons why he felt perhaps emboldened to embark on this level, this drive towards efficiency that has resulted, sadly, in a lot of jobs being lost, but nonetheless, of course, has been rewarded by shareholders. I bring it up, and I think it's really important, because you and I know each other for a long time. Yes. In 2000, a lot of people want to say, well, this is a bubble, okay? In 2002, things happened. One is that the companies ran out of money. Okay, and then second, they started laying off people because they ran out of money. This time, they're making fortunes, and they don't need to lay off people, but they want to make even more money. And I think that those who say it's bubblicious, they should watch that interview and listen to your interview. And the one thing you come back with is these are not bubbles; these are nation states. Well, and even uh, Benioff, for example, nation state. And, yeah, Salesforce. I mean, again, it's not just Meta. You can yeah. go through many different companies that have had, in, in the technology area, to right. your point, very profitable companies, Alphabet, on and on, okay. Amazon. Name the one that didn't need to do it because they were fishing from the beginning. Oh, yeah, Apple. Yeah. And I think that they just, it's not luck. MLS, they get MLS. They didn't it, get carried away during the pandemic and just go on hiring did. sprees that the others did. Well, I mean, we, the enormity of the of people who were hired during the 2021-ish to 22 period. But Tim, Tim, Cook, ne Tim Cook never did it. Right. Tim Cook has always been a Spartan, efficient person. By the way, who has a bigger heart than all these guys like laying off people and stuff? I, I think he would find places to be. He would have smart enough people. I don't, I don't know how many people you know who work at Apple, but, or, but I'll tell you this. Anybody who works at Apple seems incredibly happy because I think that they're, they, they have some a degree. There's a good three, degree of respect versus I know people who are laid off at, at uh, Meta. And there's, you know, there's these E6s and E12s, you know, these people, whatever. Yeah. They've got these levels. Mm -hmm. And they had it's, levels. It's all about levels. Too. Yeah, but there were levels of people who had independence. Yeah, and they were expensive. I know. Uh, all right, that's one. Do you theme. know the DW phase when I was at Goldman? I don't know what you're talking about. We had the, the DW phase. Oh well, that was called the Deadwood phase. Oh. Who's DW? Let's get the DW out of here. Right. We were making so much money. What a great time to do DW. 
Um, all right, let's. Uh, we're going to come back to the markets overall. We really, which we didn't discuss in detail. No, 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 but we will. We will. We got to. Yeah, we've got to get to Eamon Javers here because we did get some news we're involving this J.P. Morgan litigation. You got time. Okay. J.P. Morgan saying it has reached an agreement to settle one lawsuit related to uh, the late disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein. Eamon Javers joins us. Of course, been following the story from the beginning. Eamon. Hey, David. Well, we don't have any information right now on the settlement amount here, but attorneys for Jane Doe in this case uh, had been ratcheting up pressure on J.P. Morgan as recently as Friday with the demand that CEO Jamie Dimon and two other executives from J.P. Morgan return for additional depositions. Uh, it seems clear that J.P. Morgan wanted to clear the decks of this case, and you can see why. Documents revealed so far showed an embarrassingly close relationship with convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, with one executive emailing Epstein from a hot tub in his private island and others brushing aside concerns of lower level employees about the appropriateness of continuing to do business with him after his conviction. Now, as a benchmark, we do know that Deutsche Bank settled a related case with a similar set of facts in this matter for $75 million back in May. Not clear whether this one will be north of that or not. We're gonna try to report that out in coming hours. Uh, in a statement, JP Morgan said, the parties believe this settlement is in the best interest of all parties, especially the survivors who were the victims of Epstein's terrible abuse. Any association with him was a mistake, and we regret it. We would never have continued to do business with him if we believed he was, go he was using our bank in any way to help commit heinous crimes. Now, a spokesman for the U.S. Virgin Islands Attorney General said the U.S. Virgin Islands will continue to proceed with its enforcement action to ensure full accountability for J.P. Morgan's violations of law and prevent the bank from assisting and profiting from human trafficking in the future. Now, the settlement removes what had clearly become a headache for Jamie Dimon. He's one of the most iconic executives on Wall Street. When I asked him directly last week if he was going to settle this case, he responded curtly that he just wasn't going to talk about litigation in that moment moment here in Washington, D.C., David. So uh, clearly this has been on his mind. Uh, and if you talk to J.P. Morgan and get a sense of their perspective on this, you know, clearly there's another potential settlement coming here with U.S. Virgin Islands. That's still that case still pending. Uh, but a little, there's some frustration inside J.P. Morgan about sort of where was law enforcement on all of this uh, during this whole time. You know, you hear privately from people at J.P. Morgan, look, if, if we were uh, being accused here of being in bed with Jeffrey Epstein. Well, what about law enforcement and what about U.S. Virgin Islands? Those folks should really have done something in real time as well. So uh, right. some, some real ill feeling here around uh, all the way around in this case. But, but the back and forth now that's between Jess Staley and, and J.P. Morgan and or Jamie Dimon, that doesn't go away. Doesn't go away. Jess Daly uh, was scheduled to be deposed this past weekend. Uh, remember, he was a former high-ranking J.P. Morgan executive who had a very close personal relationship with Jeffrey Epstein uh, at the time, then left J.P. Morgan, and then J.P. Morgan was able to stop banking Jeffrey Epstein after Staley left. That lawsuit between J.P. Morgan now suing Jess Staley, that continues. So we'll see you know, whether there are settlements all the way around the horn here. Uh, but some of this now settled and some of it's still ongoing. Got it. Eamon, thank you. Eamon Jefferson, D.C., well, for us. David, we know, look, there's an unsavory person who wants to use J.P. Morgan to raise a lot of money. You have an executive at the company that is pro-Pepsi. I've watched everybody who's supposed to be, like, guilty of something. Mary Erdos, Steve Cutler. These people didn't like him, but you do have a major executive pushing him. So, I mean, I, I want to find, I, I, I find personally that it is odious that really good people who did not like him are somehow caught up with a guy, an executive of their own company, who's saying, hey, listen, do it. Why are they, like, 
I mean, are they supposed to just say, listen, we hate you just daily and we're against you raising a billion dollars I don't know. for us? I, don't, I mean, that's good questions. I don't know what the chain of command is and whether you're able to say no or That's my not. point. I understand. That's my point. All right, uh, let's. Uh, we're innocent. We got to move on. We got to make time here because we got a lot to talk right. about in the next block of our show, including that Nasdaq deal. Uh, it's the biggest acquisition in the history of that company. We're going to dig into it. Let's give you a look at futures here as we uh, get ready to open. Fifteen minutes from now, a lot more squawk in the street straight ahead. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, let's take a look at shares of NASDAQ because they are down in the pre-market rather substantially, you can see. The company's agreed to acquire financial software firm Adenza from Toma Bravo. The price tag is $10.5 billion. It's both cash and stock. And I'll go through it with, uh, with you and give you some of the specifics here in terms of its regulatory reporting and risk reporting. The main um, customers are banks. It's a big business, and they're paying a lot for it. Um, in fact, $5.75 billion in cash and 85.6 million shares of common. It's going to make Tomo Bravo a 15% owner of the NASDAQ. They're getting a board seat. They have a lockup in place, so they can't sell 50% for at least six months and the other 50% for the next 18 months. They may end up being a fairly long-term holder here of a significant amount of NASDAQ shares. You can see that. Uh, run rate synergies, revenue synergies, $15 million. So, of course, you say, hey, that takes the multiple down paying about 31 times uh, this year's EBITDA for the company. But it is growing at 15%. That does seem like a high multiple, also a very high multiple on revenues. But given the EBITDA margins here, it's probably more important to cite EBITDA as opposed to revenues and the multiple for EBITDA as opposed to that multiple for revenues. Nonetheless, the 50-plus percent margins here will have, at least in NASDAQ's telling, the uh, effect of actually raising its overall uh, EBITDA, or I should say um, EBITDA margins as well, uh, despite what is that very significant uh, multiple uh, that the company is garnering. Uh, they're going to take their leverage ratio to 4.7 times by adding $5.9 billion in debt but they say they're going to delever very quickly. Interesting, they were able to get the financing together there, $5.9 billion in this market. It's a bridge financing. will get taken out by either bonds and or banks or some combination thereof. Toma Bravo, for its part, obviously seems happy to, to swap into NASDAQ or significant amount of NASDAQ stock, but they did well here. They bought these two companies that were put together to create uh, Adenza, they bought one in um, December of 20 for $2 billion, I'm told, and another, Calypso, in July of 21 for $3.75 billion. So that's $5.75 billion. Let's call it three and a three-quarter billion in equity that they've got in there. They're going to make some money, but again, they are choosing, Jim, 
to sort of move into NASDAQ stock as a significant part of what they're taking in here for the companies they put together, bought, and then, uh, and then have now sold. Um, NASDAQ is not a markets business. No, it very, is very little now. 77% is now going to be what they call the solutions business, essentially products like this one that they'll be offering to customers such as banks. Well, I think we're going to consider it the way we do a lot of the uh, enterprise software companies. We're going to look at the annual recurring revenue, which is extraordinary. It's, I believe, 80% of revenues are recurring. But, and what will um, happen, David, is accretive in uh, year two, you know, next year. You know what's really interesting about this deal? Tell me. When you look at NASDAQ the way it was a few years ago, it was related to the volume of the NASDAQ. Now, that's, it's barely a lever. And we know that all there, is, all there ever is is more regulation. And what a great way uh, you bring a company public and you say, hey, you need this. You go back to all the companies that are NASDAQ companies, you need this, and you go after the New York Stock Exchange. Suddenly, you're in uh, everywhere, uh, every financial and I think it's just a very smart acquisition. I like the company much more. But Are you surprised at, at the significant decline in the yes, stock I price, am, given, given what you up. think is a positive? Obviously, what they're saying is a very positive thing. And they have, uh, to her credit, Adina has transformed. Adina's done amazing job. NASDAQ. I mean, live amazing or die, it's not, it's not a markets business. It's not no. about new listings or, to no. your point, volume. No, it's it, about all of these different services they're offering their customers. Um, the multiple Or I should up, say customers in the financial services industry. I just thought this was a very, very smart acquisition. When you look at these companies that have continuous recurring revenue in that area, yeah. like you go to MSCI, which is a fantastic company. It sells at 43 times earnings, for heaven's sake. 43 times earnings because yeah. there's so much recurring revenue. They, uh, you know, I asked, given that multiple, what's a good what's a good uh, representative or a, a good comp? Simcorp growing 8% uh, and sold at 27 times. Um so you got that one there. Uh, they're saying they're getting they're getting a higher rate of growth at a at not much higher uh, multiple. No. By the way, uh, just quickly, Nasdaq apparently picked the phone up on this one and pursued it. It wasn't an auction. Well, I absolutely love the fact that whatever makes it so they're less tied, to, unfortunately, to the markets themselves, because the yep. markets themselves have not come back from the old okay. days. We got to take a quick break. Mad Dash on the other side of this. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. All right, there's a look at uh, the S&P gainers. I'm going to hopefully we'll hit on, we've already hit Oracle and AMD. We're going to get to Catalan, which finally got its numbers out. And I do want to talk a bit about Illumina and oh, its a long-time CEO uh, uh, standing down. Got an opening bell just a few minutes away. Stay with us. All right, let's get a mad dash and followed by an opening bell. What are you focused on? Okay, uh, both Bank of America and J.P. Morgan upgrade Carnival Cruise. Now, at one point, Carnival Cruise, if you remember, in the depths of the of the pandemic, they hadn't raised money. They were the first one to actually come through. David, what's interesting here is that Matt Boss and his uh, J.P. Morgan, excellent uh, Carnival Cruise upgrade, says this is still post-pandemic. I call it revenge travel. This is the uh, long on money, short on time thesis. People are still doing international. Now, if you meld that 
with what I, well, I was reading. The MasterCard has a piece out this morning. You know, they do their survey of spending. David, it is incredible. We are still seeing consumer demand for experiences. Continue in May, restaurant sector posted stronger year-over-year growth. Uh, Mother's Day weekend, David, was very, very strong. Okay. So we're still seeing spending. Uh, we're still seeing, seeing experience spending. And I think the Carnival thesis works. Royal Caribbean has been tearing Carnival now George. It's a good buy here. All right. Opening bell right now. Big board, Stellar Bank Corp celebrating its transfer to the NYC and recent merger. And over the NASDAQ, it's a blank check company. Wow, they're back, huh? I don't know if they're back, now, but now, they're still out there. Now, some of these facts. regional banks, there's a very negative banks. note on U.S. Bank Corp okay. this morning. Uh, now, understand that all the regional banks are really caught up in the, uh, in the mini bank crisis and have to put up more money. And I, I saw this as U.S. Bank is a very, very good bank. And when I see these kinds of things, I say to myself, at what point do we go back to these? But, David, when you look at what's going on in a regional bank versus what's going on, say, with AMD, people just won't, they just won't go there. They will not buy a regional bank betting that the numbers are too high. No one's going to anticipate a numbers too high. Well, again, it's not, it's not that they're as concerned any longer about deposit flight because of a lack of asset quality as much as they're in a position where they're having deposit flight because they can't pay enough. Right. And therefore, they're not in a position really to earn a spread that they'd want they to. An interesting and they're not City lending as about, much. City talks about and so that coming. becomes a difficult so, position in terms of the earnings power of, of many of these banks. Right. But that's a um, huge part of the S&P. Yeah. And people don't want that. They're, people are very worried about drug prices. I've been going over that Merck lawsuit. Uh, against, you know, the lawsuit about about Medicare and the prices that they'll pay, Medicare pay. David, the drug companies could face a world of hurt later on in September when uh, Medicare is going to actually start not negotiating, but fiat, which I thought was surprising. I thought that other drug companies would join Merck. They haven't yet. Uh, now, I know that you know the, the folks at Merck. They're very conservative people. They're not yeah. people who are just... No, you don't undertake litigation like that uh, out of nowhere, but they're they're disciplined, uh, to your point. It's a great lawsuit because... Well, I don't like the Why first amendment part. What amendment. was the connection between talking about the regional banks and, okay. and, and, and Merck? Sec- How did you get there? Okay, so I'm talking about sector elimination of where you want to put your money. Ah. So you take the financials out and take healthcare out. I can make a very strong case against retail versus, say, Walmart. It's really not the main. So winning. it goes back into your overall, not your Magnificent well, Seven. Magnificent Seven. Thesis. Right. And remember. It says, uh, can't invest in regional banks. Queen. You don't probably want to invest in pharma necessarily. At least you're concerned about not this. Not with that lawsuit. And people should get really, they really got to focus on the Merck lawsuit. Retail, very much a mixed bag, to say the uh, least. Yes. And uh, even off price was under assault today. So I come back and I say, all right. Where can I go where the numbers are too low? I don't know. Uh, how about you just go to Tesla? Because everybody else seems to be going to Tesla, Jim. Easy Stock enough. is now up 101% this year. It is approaching an $800 billion market value again. Remember, it is well off still its all-time highs when it had more than a trillion-dollar market value. Nonetheless, this would be, I think, 12 straight, right? right. 12 straight well, days. Well, the reason this is all important is, is that— Of gains. Is that, you know, you look at what Mike Wilson says. Uh, you know, he, he's talking about a narrow market. 
Well, it is incredibly narrow. But then you look at what Costin says from Goldman. He raises his S P forecast to 4,500. But what happens if, if, and this is their worst nightmare, what happens if all of the gain in the S&P comes from 10 companies? But that's where we're going. All right. Still means if I own an S&P 500 index fund, I'm up. I'm with you. So what do I care? I think you're absolutely right. I think the analysts are really hung up on how we get to 4,500. And that that's ridiculous. Because you know what? There's no asterisk. Yeah. This is not McGuire hitting a lot of home runs. Right. We have to asterisk it. Right. These are Hall of Fame stocks. They are Hall of Fame stocks. And there was an article in the journal about can Nvidia handle its billion dollar cap? Nvidia trillion trade dollar. Yeah. Handle. I handle mean, what, it. What do you do? What, what is it like? So, you know, right. can it handle the fame? I mean, what? What? It, it, it has a product that no one else has that you can't do generative AI without, with the CEO who is a visionary. The Oracle of AI, Jason Wong. And I find myself thinking, like, why are people trying to figure out when Tesla stops and what when the, and the money moves to tractor supply? To Ulta? <laughs> hey, I gotta sell Tesla and buy Ulta. I mean, but yeah, it, I like it, Ulta. Interestingly, AMD is up again. Now I know you like the stock, but when it There's comes meaning. to being able to furnish the AI chips that are needed, they don't really have them yet. They better announce an arrangement with HP and Microsoft. They need to do that. What does right? that mean? Well, they need to do something that is... That what an arrangement? What are you talking about? Well, I mean, like, I would like to see my PC be a little more AI. Okay. Uh, if they just do data center, data center is not even that, you know, servers. Service, not that strong a business. Uh, we have a note this morning about Micron. I mean, calling it Micron, it's like it's time to buy Micron because we may see a trough. Is a Deutsche Bank note, but then it says end demand from servers is weakening. Now, I like the idea of buying Micron before the inflection, but not when it's demand still going low. Okay. And Micron, by the way, spoke recently, and I, I was liking Micron. I was listening to the call, and I said, "What an idiot I am." They don't like Micron, and I'm liking Micron. Sanjay, whom I love very much, well, I mean, Sanjay Marotra, is just simply not a promoter. Actually, none of the, there are very few promoters among the companies that are. He's not a promoter? Sanjay? Comes on, when he's come on, he's, he's, he doesn't no, really. Sanjay Marotra, he doesn't at, at Micron. Now, here's the interesting question. Yeah, no, we've had, we've had some interviews with him where we're like, come on, man. We have. Well, I want to go to Hock Chan. And where we are with VMware. Okay. Why? Because they're talking about VMware. Always nice when they do that, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Um, what, with this morning on Prime Collins' excellent show, they talked about they broke in with the idea that European authorities have said yes to this deal. I come back and I look at Broadcom and I think Broadcom and Marvell are the two companies that make it so you can go from the exclusive NVIDIA chips to Mellanox and then to where you need to go only, which are the Okay. Data centers. I'm just trying to get people to understand the flow chart of what of how narrow the number of companies that really benefit from AI is versus the ones that claim to benefit. Well, right. This is a, again in the in the chip side of it, as opposed to the usage side for the likes of Amazon, Meta, Microsoft, Alphabet, all of which what conceivably you- are seen as as big beneficiaries of generative AI. Right. Uh, as it grows over time. Well, Oracle um, surprised me. I mean, in the great keynote, and Oracle. Uh, Oracle, uh, Jensen Wong talked about Oracle, and it was like, wait a second. Oracle's moving up almost 5% into the earnings it's announcement both, both after the close. at this point. And uh, while I love um, Oracle and I have been recommending for a long time, you know, do you buy it at five? You know, this stock is a stock that does pirouette. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, you can buy it at five. I mean, the other day someone criticized me. He said, Jim, how could you not tell people to buy NVIDIA up 18? I said, well, no, I, I, we've been owning NVIDIA for like day one. What, double down up 18? Yeah, I mean, I mean if no, you already you're, own you're trying it, to be responsible. You've never told people to sell it outright, all no, of it. No, But you have said, be judicious. Well, I mean, I was at a bottle signing this weekend. And really? Yeah. How's that going? We sold out of the of the Tobolapanka. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Smithtown Long Island, and it, the wine guy. And what was interesting was how many people would become millionaires off of NVIDIA, off of my dog NVIDIA. Millionaire, 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 sell house, retire. And every time I buy, said, buy lots of mezcal. Well, sell house, retire, course, buy mezcal. Buy a couple bottles of mezcal. Yeah. But the main thesis, thesis other than pushing the mezcal, yeah, of course. was do you mind like taking something off the table because you don't, you haven't made any money until, until you sold, sold something. So, I mean, if you had a double in NVIDIA, is it wrong? I mean, I say own NVIDIA, don't sell it. But I also, you know, there's a, there's a contrary discipline which just says, well, maybe it should schnitzel a little and take a little off. Yeah, I hear because, you. Because, like, I don't want millionaires to become sub-millionaires. What are, what are you uh, selling a bottle of Mezcal for these days, Jim? Well, we, uh, 110 for the Blanco. And, 110 bucks. And 120. It's premium. It's total off. I hope hey, it's, it's premium. It's 15 years. The plants take 15 years to go up. Yeah. They're great. The great agave. You know, my wife is down there. At the, I'm aware. At the yeah, no, I just last that's, week. That's and a high price we're, point. We're crushing it. You are. Now you shouldn't say that. We're doing. Well. You're doing okay. We're doing. All right. Uh, all right. It's I, very hard. I want to. I want to really. move back to some news again this morning. Sorry, you saw yeah, the S&P leaders, uh, and amongst them is Illumina. Um, we Let's haven't really there. hit this story that often. I did not weigh in very much on the uh, pretty heated proxy fight that took place between Carl Icahn and the company under which Mr. Icahn did walk away with one board seat, but also pressured shareholders so that they didn't reelect the chairman, John Thompson. He left, and now. And now I can't get something else that he'd wanted, uh, which is D'Souza's out. Well, uh, does he resigns. Doesn't Icon want it's sold, the company sold, David? That may be the case, Jim. But I are think you allowed he, to buy anything? I think now he really wanted. Con? I think he really wanted um, new management. Uh, General Counsel Charles Dadswell will serve as the interim CEO, and of course, again, we're talking months of, uh, right. of a heated battle between the uh, uh, Illumina and Mr. Icon. Um, will the board sort of streamline now? Because one of the key questions was Grail. Remember, this is a company that was owned that can detect cancer. Amazing company. And, and it's an amazing potential technology, or it's being used. They owned all of it. Then they sold a lot of it, only to want to buy bat- it back. But regulators said, no, we don't want you to do that, both here and abroad. And they did it anyway. And they're in, in, they are so embroiled in... Uh, a lot of potential court cases challenging the FTC uh, as they try to make their way to actually own Grail, which, of course, they decided they didn't want, only to turn around and decide a number of years later they did want. D'Souza's out. Unclear what it means for the future of Grail, although there are certainly plenty to say, just give this up already, as Icon right. was saying, and move on. Well, look, I, you have Illumina, you have Thermo Fisher, and you have Danner, my trust owns Danner. These have all been terrible stocks, and yet they're great companies. So, I mean, they were all levered in some way or another to biotech and IPOs and the need to have more equipment. And the way to be able to make it so Lumina was diversified was Grail. Right. I, I thought that that made it so that they weren't stuck like Danaher and Thermo. Like Thermo um, and Danaher, by I mean, the way, their much better run companies. Uh, is used by, every, you know, every, so Everybody. many companies. You see their machines yeah. in all sorts of different places. Um, not a very important technology. Also, the idea that with Grail that you conceivably could go and detect a cancer that is 
barely detectable in some ways as a right. result of one drop. You know. Yeah. I, I, David, I've got to tell you that that company, uh, I can't believe that it stays up here, given the fact that what you really have to hope is a takeover. And yet, who can buy oh, them? No, I mean, you're not going to, in this market? In this market. I mean, let me look at the market cap. Because if it's big, you just got to wonder. 32 bill with a premium, yeah. No. And it would be a, a bigger company. No, it's not going to happen. Tough to say that that's going to happen. Not going to happen. Um, given given the, this, the, the stance of this DOJ and FTC, something we've talked about, of course, very often in terms of really chilling the market for, for a lot of that. M&A. Right. Even if the cases they're bringing may not ultimately prevail. I've talked a good amount about Horizon Amgen. By the way, Amgen did respond to that complaint uh, with their own answers. Um, we can get into that uh, at, another, at another time. But... Um, We'll see what happens with Illumina. I wanted to also hit Catalan, another name that we've talked they about. Filed. They finally filed their financials at Catalan. That's why we're following it. This was, again, another a name that was thought to potentially be close to getting bought, maybe by the likes of a Danaher at one point. I know that. That they, chilled, yeah. but you can see what it's doing to the stock price. It's a long-awaited third quarter, third fiscal quarter financials. Revenues were a billion, 37 million. Adjusted EBITDA, 962 million. That missed original estimates. Um, they had a minor restatement to fiscal year 22. And they're, uh, yeah, so that's where things stand there. Wouldn't be surprised, would you, Jim, to see an activist show up in this Not name? At all. I think Not the at entire all. board is up. The entire board nominating window opens a couple of weeks from now. Um, but uh, did want to hit that. Since I'd mentioned it a number of times, and look at the, look at the move in the stock finally with those that full third quarter report out. They did again cut, uh, let's call, yeah, a couple of analysts cutting their estimates, as you might expect. They are the kings of biologics, which, of course, is the hope for the for Medicare, hope for all, all over the world that you can have biologics that would make it for the likes of like a mirror price to come down. So Catalan well, is- Well, they make them, right? Right. Yeah. Catalan's a they fabulous company. Them. Right. But the fact is, is that when you don't have financials, David, it's suboptimal situation. And now, the stock is down 50, it's down, I mean, from its high. Yeah, we can take a look at what it's done. It's, I mean, it's been take a brutal. Look over and again, it had moved up in part with some speculation of a potential takeout, only to, uh, only to decline dramatically when they were unable to come up with financials for anybody for quite some period of time after promising a number of times they would do so. But they are finally here, uh, well, those financials. We'll see if it results again in uh, any activity in terms you know, of restless there's, there's shareholders. There's a company, Cardinal Health, CAH, which has been in the doghouse for a very long time uh, and is now starting to, it's got another upgrade today. Uh, they are, are the ones, now that they have a market cap, yep. they are the ones that should buy cattle. They okay. have a terrific business. Uh, it's been good for a long time, but they have not been able to have any momentum. Uh, a natural uh, merger there. And uh, if they do it, I ask for nothing. Nothing. All right. That's one of your another one of your uh, sort of uh, charitable recommendations, no, no, so I'm to speak. Right. You know, you're making the recommendation. No, I'm right. You don't this get is paid what I, for you know, yeah. I mean, I yeah. garden, I sell mezcal yeah. and I do this. Right. You advise on potential deals on yeah. the side. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But you get paid for the mezcal. True. Well done. Uh, David, there's a couple other companies that I just want to mention. All right, make now, it quick because Pisani's waiting. Okay, Build.com is the only enterprise software company that actually I've seen get downgraded during this period. Be careful that Intuit does everything Build.com does. Okay. Much cheaper. Got it. Thank you. There it is, Bill. All right, uh, now Bob. From Bill to Bob. Good and morning. I'm still, 
I am eager to get paid in, in tequila. I'll take I'll take that bet. It's mezcal, uh, Bob. Mezcal. Oh, I'm sorry. I, let me get it right. I'll get paid in mezcal too. <laughs> we'll all go have a drink with Jim anytime. <laughs> anytime. Thank you. We'll go have a drink with Jim. Hey, we're uh, waiting for a new high on the S&P 500. Closing high. We didn't make it on Friday. Meantime, the market keeps advancing, but it's a little narrow again today. Remember there was little green shoots broadening out of the market last week? Very narrow. It's tech again today. So if you take a look at the sectors, the important thing, semis moving nicely, tech, there's ARC Innovation strong, consumer discretionary is strong. What don't you see here? You don't see healthcare, you don't see uh, consumer staples, even industrials, so the cyclical sectors, which had been advancing, uh, lagging today, although many of them are up right now. Just take a look at the movers here. You can see that. So Salesforce is strong. There's Apple on the upside. Amex has been strong recently. There's Merck doing nothing. Uh, Chevron, you know, brief rally a few weeks ago and really uh, sideways uh, ever since then. So the important thing is the momentum is with the tech stuff. If you look where the big momentum is right now, it's with the NASDAQ 100 to a lesser extent with the S&P 100 because most of the NASDAQ 100, good parts of it, are in the S&P 100. And consumer discretionary has also been strong recently. Consumer staples, healthcare, defensive stuff has been notably lacking. In fact, no, notably lagging. In fact, ever since the jobs report, conspicuously lacking. Starting to pick up a little bit is small caps. I'm not willing to say that some kind of turnaround. Just let me show you the small cap ETF, the Russell 2000 ETF versus the S&P 500. And there's the, uh, the S&P on the orange line. What happened was when tech started really moving in March, it just blew the S&P forward and the small caps, the white line, was not keeping up. You see that move up on the far side with the white line there? That's small caps since the jobs report. That's the hopes of a broadening out of the market and a soft landing. We'll see if that continues, uh, but you see that's just a very, very small move in a very short period uh, of time. As for what's going on now, well, look, we're waiting for the new high. 4305 was the old 52-week high, August 16th, I believe it was. Uh, we are knocking right on the door of that. I think everybody is anticipating the CPI report. This is sort of the last line in the sand for the bears. They have to have a lousy CPI report or the market's going to go up again. Remember, the pain trade is higher. Everybody's on the sidelines. Many people still on the sidelines. Uh, and if we get a benign CPI tomorrow, market's probably going to move a little bit higher. So that's a big line in the sand. One of the things that's happened as well, earnings keep getting revised upward. Remember a couple months ago, earnings were being revised downward. That has stopped in the last month. Now these numbers are starting to rise uh, in the last couple of weeks, and they're going to rise even more, particularly if we get a benign uh, uh, earnings uh, uh, CPI tomorrow. Finally, we'll talk about this uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, but the important thing here is with a little bit of green shoots in the IPO market, Kava this morning, which is a fast, casual restaurant, raised the terms of its IPO to 19 to 20. This is going to be Thursday, scheduled for Thursday at the NYSE. It was 17 to 19. So we're going to raise, David, $280 million. That's sort of a mid-sized deal. But hey, at this point, the long line of people waiting to go public companies, including uh, Reddit, including Arm that's out there. We'll talk about that. Hopefully, as the market moves to new highs, more people will finally start going public. David, back to you. Yeah, it's uh, it's a long line, as you say. I'm going not long sure. Line, go to co go to I know that you're stock, a believer that it's going to open up the gonna IPO be, it's window. Start the whole IPO window. It's going to be up huge. You're not going to be able to get a share. Thank you. All right. No, no, I'm not. You gonna, know what? It's well, the good part is we'll find out. Oh, we'll okay. find out if the not if it does no, well, but if the, the IPO window it's opens the beginning. The IPO window some, is going to open big when Kava's Kava starts. key to this market. All right, a reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up, find out more, cnbc.com slash join the club, or point your phone at the QR code on the screen. 
Now we'll Thank take you there. Did. Let's give you a quick bond report before we head to break. Check out uh, Treasuries, of course, this morning. I haven't really talked about the Treasury market uh, too much as of yet. Two-year note, hanging in there at 4.60%. We're back after this. Coming up in the next hour, Goldman Sachs' chairman and CEO, David Solomon, will be a guest here on Squawk in the Street. You're going to want to hear his take, of course. Wide range of topics. He will talk the markets, economy, whatever Sarah Eisen wants to ask him. That'll be coming up in the next hour. Welcome back. Time for Stop Trading. As you know, David, uh, housing's been on fire. And uh, a couple days from now, we'll be able to know our reporting. But Home Depot has a big meeting tomorrow. And the one area that's not been on fire is a renovation remodeling. Uh, Home Depot had a week last quarter. We want to know whether they're going to be able to tell a better story. Obviously, people are trying to get ahead of that. But that will be the tail of the next leg. If we can see the home building industry spill into all the companies that produce things that go into homes, that would be a bit of a broadening. But right now, we just have the home building industry being being strong. Uh, So many people looking for broadening. Tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. 9 a.m., that meeting. I think it should be very important. Okay. And we also need to watch uh, Pilferage shrink yep. uh, because Home Depot has been hurt by that a lot. And they're yeah. very straightforward company. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do you got on the big show tonight? OK, I've got uh, Mark Benioff from this. You know, this is what they're doing with AI, which is they've been doing AI for a very long time. They're going to reintroduce this. And, uh, you know, look, Mark has done uh, great things in terms of how to close on a deal. And a lot of that is to try to realize what people are thinking. So he's been well ahead of predictive AI, and now with generative AI, he's going to the next level. So I'm very excited. Got some other people. As you should be, yeah. But always, listen, you always want to hear from Denny off. Absolutely. Always interesting. Um, all right. Thank you for a yeah, nice look, Monday I mean, morning. We Enjoyed have a, a lot of things yeah. that are going on. Yeah. But at the same time, you could argue that these are just analysts, as you said, catching up with the stock. Right. See you later. Thank you. Okay. When we come back, or when we return, whichever you prefer. We'll have an exclusive with that man, Goldman Sachs' chairman and CEO, David Solomon. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.